Welcome to the Pay Yourself First podcast. My name is Chris Jolly, and I'm on a mission to financially empower millions of entrepreneurs. I want you to make and keep more money so that you can begin implementing and turbocharging a plan for creating financial freedom your way during the life cycle of your current business without spending a ton of time or becoming a professional investor. You see, most of the financial teachings out there are made for employees, not entrepreneurs. If you wouldn't listen to someone who doesn't have kids about parenting, why take business financial advice from someone without a business? Are you ready to break free of bad advice and follow the trail of other uncommon entrepreneurs so you can get from where you are now to the lifestyle you were aiming to create when you started your business? Then stick around. Here comes another episode of Pay Yourself First, where the only investment we offer is the one you make in yourself. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm very excited today because we have another amazing entrepreneur with us. Her name is Amy Armstrong, and she is the owner of the Center for Coach Development, as well as the Center for Family Resolution. And she is calling in from Ohio today. Amy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you today? Thank you for having me. I feel very welcome. I'm always happy to share what I'm doing in my business and learning from everybody else. So bring it on. Wonderful. We're really glad to have you here. I know we're going to have some really interesting conversations just based around what you do and the topic. So I'm really interested to get started. But before we lean into some questions, can you just tell us a little bit more about the Center for Coach Development? How did you start that? And who do you serve in that business? Sure. I started the Center for Coach Development, Chris, because I am a big networker. And I realized that as a coach, I was a bit isolated in the kind of work I was doing, and I wanted to be linked to a global network. So I got global accreditation myself with the International Coaching Federation and realized that by offering an accreditation program where others could get their training to get their accreditation, I was not only going to be able to build a great network of people doing good work in the world, but also have my pick of coaches that I wanted to hire and bring into my business. So it was a really good way for me to get to know people who wanted a high level coaching accreditation. And then um, just really feel like I'm spreading a lot of good work in the world. Amazing. Love to hear it. Now, what kind of coaching exactly? This is one of my favorite questions, Chris, because there's a lot of myths out there about coaching. So for coaching to be in its purest form, we're coaching people to coach themselves. It's about self-discovery. It's about asking deep, amazing questions that help people listen to themselves. And so there's a big observation piece in it, a big feedback piece in it. But a true coach is not somebody who's just forwarding their expertise. So to answer your question, coach training actually has to start with learning the eight competencies that are the gold standard for the International Coaching Federation. And those competencies are the same, whether it's business coaching, executive coaching, wellness coaching, health coaching, even fitness coaching, as well as where I started, which was parent and family coaching. So the coach development program that I run is a development program for the person to be able to develop a deeper sense of presence with their clients. And it's a development program around these competencies. Once the student has learned the competencies and gotten their certification, then that's when they develop their niche. That's when they can go off into their specialization and have both expertise as a coach and in their specific field. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And it sounds very thorough. Now, can you tell me, maybe I can put you on the spot real quick and list off the eight competencies for me? 
Of course I can. Yeah. So first of all, we really look at a coaching mindset has to do with lifelong learning has to do with being able to self-manage whatever comes up for us during our coaching sessions, as well as being able to honor the client and making sure that we're talking to the client about the client and not about what we want to talk about. We want to make sure that we're creating a trusting sense of our presence so that they know we're really listening, definitely listening to them. Second competency is that we're always going to be focused on ethics. We want to be making sure that we're adhering to the contracts that we have with our clients. Third is we create agreements, whether it's conscious or unconscious to the client. We want to make sure that every session has a purpose. So we're not just being a feel-good session to let the person feel heard and explore their thoughts. We want to end up with results from every session with a client, even if it's a 20 or 30 minute session. So being very driven toward a specific purpose. The fourth competency is what it really looks like to partner, developing trust, keeping that trust, letting the client lead, but there we step in with observation and feedback about where the client's going, but definitely the client gets to take uh, a lot of the lead. And then the fifth competency has to do with maintaining presence throughout the entirety of the session. The sixth competency is what it really means to listen actively. It's not just parroting back, but enhancing their learning by taking what we're hearing from them and growing it into the results that they're looking for. The seventh competency has to do with making sure that we're evoking new awareness in the client so that they're seeing themselves in a new way in every session. And then the eighth competency we call facilitating growth where we're getting exact steps that person is willing and able to take based on whatever came up in that session. Awesome, Amy. You get a gold star for that one. Thanks so much for enumerating those for us. Yeah, Ah. Now you mentioned that you got into the coaching through your other business. Now, can you explain to us what is the Center for Family Resolution and how that kind of led into your coaching journey? Sure. Happy to do that. It actually started because I did it all wrong myself. So when I was trying to save my marriage, I went about it all the wrong way. I tried to be, tried to be and do and say the things that I thought were going to make my husband happy or make it be this or that for me. And it just wasn't authentic at all. So of course it bombed, right? Of course. And I had to learn through being with a challenging coach I had to really address my own unwillingness to be authentic. I was so committed to to looking right that I wasn't at all living. And a coach helped me get there. And boy, did I have to melt down before I could start to rebuild a, a life that I would eventually come to love. And so coaching meant the world to me because this person was courageous enough to be honest and direct with me, as well as super supportive. So it was really personal to begin with. And then when I got into doing some work after I got divorced, realized, oh yeah, I need to support myself here. I started teaching parenting and realized that learning in the head only gets us so far. And coaching is what allowed me to then support those parents to actually put into practice what they were learning. So the same piece of information is going to play out differently to every single parent in every single family, for sure. And coaching allows us basically to discover the ways that we can take whatever it is that we're drawn to learn and put it into practice so that it's truly really transformational. 
So transfer is when you learn something new and it creates new behaviors, learning it without the change in behavior, it's just learning. Still good stuff, but we really want to see people behave differently so they can get different results in their life. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing with all the affirmations people go around reciting. They're Um, great and they can make you feel good and it's positive, but if it doesn't inspire any change, if it doesn't get down to your subconscious and actually make you behave differently, it's just a lot of pretty sounding words. 100%. Yeah, it's still a good place to start. I like to have people try them on, try on affirmations and see which ones actually give you some shift in energy in your body versus come out as just words. Makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, when a coach comes to you to get certified, Mm -hmm. what do you find? Which of the competencies are they usually most challenged by? By far, it's competency number three, which is all about the agreements, because it's very easy for us as competent professionals to try to fix problems. We're all good at fixing problems or we wouldn't be entrepreneurs, right? It's just that we cannot fix problems for someone else because it's, it just be, it actually can further their problem because they're not learning to actually listen to what they individually need. Yeah. And so the hardest thing for coaches to to is that we do not get to impose, even in a nice way, we do not get to impose solutions on other people. Hey, have you tried this? Hey, have you tried that? Unknowingly, we're putting pressure on the client. We're putting ideas in their head that aren't theirs. And while we do want to get to really concrete solutions and we need to get to concrete solutions every session, it has to come through skillful inquiry and feedback rather than top down telling people what to do. Yeah, 100%. Otherwise, like you said, you're really just enabling them. And if you want somebody to change their behavior, you don't enable them. You make them face the hard truth and do the thing they have to do. We actually too want people to see themselves as capable. It's just same thing we do with raising kids. We want our kids to see that they actually are capable of doing well in school and making friends and being responsible. And the more we come down on them and tell them what to do, we're actually undermining our very goal. Absolutely. Okay, Amy, can you tell me what the most challenging thing of being an entrepreneur has been for you? By far, it's been that pit in my stomach when I go out on a limb taking risks and think that I am being ridiculous, right? I take on projects. I say yes to so many projects that I really don't know what I'm doing yet. I just love the adventure of it. And then I just wake up in the middle of the night thinking, oh my God, what did I say yes to? And so I love risk-taking, but then it comes back to be a really uncomfortable anxiety sometimes. And I've had to do a lot of work with self-talk around that anxiety and literally learning to make the link between the anxiety and the right steps for me. If I actually don't feel anxious, then I know I'm not headed in the right direction. So I really need a little bit of that anxiety now to remind me that I'm being creative, that I'm trying something new, and that's what's actually going to get me the results I want. But yeah, it's been really hard. Yeah, it's been that hard. makes sense. And that's really interesting. I was just listening to an audiobook, and he's talking about the way that soldiers react in the field to stress and whether they react by becoming more alert and following their training or by zoning mm-hmm. out all really depends upon that, that practice that they've put in. 
and whether they can see that stress as a challenge and an opportunity rather than as something to be shied away from. I love that. And and it actually links back to what you said with some affirmations are really positive. If we know to use the affirmation that um, I am a creative success, that might be a good affirmation for me to use at the times that I feel anxiety, just to really remember that there's a great link for me between anxiety and creativity. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Okay, now if I gave you a magic wand and you could wave it and have anything you wanted happen in your business by the end of the year, what are you going to make happen with that wand? Yeah, it's already happening. It started this morning. I have just decided I'm going to grow. One of the groups that I run is for people that are in situations where they're feeling controlled by other people in their life. And I love this group and I've kept it small for a while and I'm ready to grow it. So I'd really like to have a good handful of people, at least four to six people every month join that group. It's a high ticket group. We do really hard work and it is incredible what happens when committed people get together to take a hundred percent responsibility for their lives. Awesome. Very cool. It sure is. And I think that you don't even need the magic wand. It looks like you've already got that one under control. Very cool. Okay. Now I want to ask you a few more uh, financial related questions. So the first one is imagine that your business is a hose. And as we all know, a hose can get a kink, which slows the water from coming into it. So Mm -hmm. if the water in your hose is really the cash coming into your business, what's the one kink that's keeping that cash from flowing in larger amounts? I would say I have the most trouble with that flow, getting my ideas to my VA. So I love my VA. She's doing a good job, but it is, it's just been a real kink for us to get to a point where she knows what I would say and do. And so I feel like every new idea, I have to really slow myself down for a while to put it in the words, um, to make sure she's on board. And sometimes I just skip that step. And then I wonder why things, why nobody knows about it, but she's really taking care of a lot of my promotions now, but that's definitely been a big kink for me is to help her and other people that support me understand what I'm trying to do. Absolutely. It's very challenging delegating as an entrepreneur, especially when you want to make sure that you get the same message across and the same standards and the same value. And yet also so crucial to do to grow your business as well. Exactly. It works really well with my operations. So the Center for Family Resolution was designed to help families going through conflict. A lot of them are in court battles, A lot of them are where parents are either trying to avoid getting divorced or they are newly separating and they want to figure out how to share their children well or share, figure out how to divide up their um, assets or debts. And in that business, I have lots of good people working with me and for me and my uh, director of operations. She's always a step ahead of me and that flows really well. It's just in the promotion area that I have a hard time getting something new going with because it's just hard to put my initial ideas into words sometimes. Understand. Yeah, that can be a challenge for sure. 
Now, I actually want to ask you a little bit about what you were just talking about, because uh, I think it's a really interesting subject. So many of us, I, I guess all of our lives are really shaped by what we see around us as we're growing up and what we learn from our family. As mm -hmm. somebody who kind of mediates and is in a lot of those situations, can you speak to how the challenges of a family going through a divorce or something of that nature impresses a sort of set of financial beliefs upon the children who are going through it? So many people don't even realize that they have a set of financial beliefs. We have a unique business in that we always use a coach approach to working with people in financial conflict or whatever the conflict is. And so even asking people what that money means to you, and is this the same message you got from mom or dad growing up? Or is this something you're coming up with on your own? That can be an hour conversation to help people realize that they have adopted beliefs of other people and make it conscious enough that they can choose whether or not they want to keep that same belief or try on something new. So knowing that beliefs are completely changeable through habits and incremental steps is super important. Did I answer your question? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Okay, now the next thing that I want to ask you is, can you tell us what financial freedom looks like to you? So let's set aside any sort of number figure and mm -hmm. imagine a place where you are totally free to spend your time as you like. You don't have to show up in your business except for when and where you want. And you are just living at large. What does that look like for you? Okay, I have five and a half grandchildren. And the half is due in June. So I will soon have six grandchildren. And financial freedom to me looks like anytime my kids ask me to come visit, I'm absolutely, I say sure with an exclamation point. I will always run my groups. I run several different groups. I really mentoring my staff. I really like doing case consultations with them where we talk about different families and what their needs are and how to best help them. So I'm going to keep those. And I'm definitely going to keep running the coach development program because that's an absolute blast to watch people develop. And then I'm definitely going to keep my really high conflict groups going. But other than those three things, I really could let it go work Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe half Thursday, and then use Monday and Friday for my travel days, getting to see my grandbabies. They live awesome. in other cities. Yeah. Gotcha. Sounds like a great time. And I'm glad that you're on your way there. Now for everybody who's working towards something similar themselves, can you tell them what has been most effective for you as you've been building towards financial freedom? Sure. I'm a big believer in people want to work with us if we're going to make their life easier. And that's about it. It's great if we can enjoy it along the way. But all the professionals that I've worked with along the way, and really the reason I, I let my Center for Family Resolution business lean toward high conflict as much as I could, is because that's what the attorneys, judges, magistrates, other, other financial professionals have all told me was their biggest burden in their careers. So for me, working toward financial freedom was making sure that I was offering a service that was really going to make somebody else's life easier. So it gave me a lot of joy, keeps me being excited about what I'm doing. And it, I'm sadly never going to run out of business because there's always going to be big conflict in the world. So I feel like it's a really nice combination. I want have one little thing I do for clients that are thinking about switching jobs and it's, can you do good? Can you make money? Are you good at it? And do you enjoy it? 
And if you can get four out of four, you are golden. Three out of four is not bad, but for me, I've got four out of four and it just really feels good to be doing something good in the world that I'm good at that also can allow me to support myself and really be of service to other people. Excellent. That's a really great metric that you just laid out for everybody. I love that one. Okay. Now tell me a little bit more about certification as a coach. For somebody who's thinking about getting a certification, why would you say to them it's an absolute must? It is an absolute must if you care about standards and if you're really wanting to do high-level work. There are plenty of job posts I've seen that actually require International Coaching Federation accreditation. It'll say ICF accredited only. So it's the gold standard. I don't work for them. I work for me, but I'm an authorized provider for their accreditation. And having that gold standard makes it really easy to sell our services. It's We have all the resources from ICF that allow us to promote ourselves, as well as literally easy global visibility on their website. So it, if you're serious about coaching, many people rely on their, their area of expertise. That makes you a great consultant, but it doesn't make you a good coach. So it's, I'm sure you've noticed many people have businesses that are coaching and consulting. That's because it makes sense to have your field area of expertise as well as expertise as a coach. But accreditation means that you're going to have the confidence while you are in sessions with clients. It's going to be fun. It's going to be enjoyable. You're going to know what you're doing and you're going to be able to serve the client with a high ethical standard. And you've got all the resources of global accreditation program to back you up. Yep. Stay away from those life coaches who are able to print out their certification after 20 minutes on the internet. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And honestly, Chris, we can't expect our clients to work any harder than we do. So if we want to get really max results for our clients, why wouldn't we do the same for ourselves? Absolutely makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right, Amy, for anybody who wants to find out more about you and what you do, where's the best place for them to go do that? Both my websites, the Center for Coach Development and the Center for Family Resolution.com. Awesome. And then before I let you go, do you have any parting words or a piece of advice for all the entrepreneurs out there? Yeah. As adults, one of our tasks is to increase our capacity to feel. And as entrepreneurs, we are in the throes of so much self-doubt, imposter syndrome, all the doubts we have when we're creating something new. And I just say, bring it on, feel it big, get support, keep moving, and don't ever let big, scary feelings shut you down. Absolutely. Love the philosophy. Amy, it's been such a blast having you on the podcast. Thanks for taking some time out of your day and sharing yourself and your business with the audience. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thanks to everyone in your audience and to you, Chris. Yep, you got it. And yeah, thank you, everybody out there. If you're listening and you enjoyed the podcast and you haven't subscribed yet, not sure what you're waiting for, because I'm going to ask you every single time. And you can leave us one of those five-star reviews as well. It helps us out a ton to get the word out to more entrepreneurs. And if you're an amazing entrepreneur like our guest, Amy, and you want to come on and be on the podcast, we'd love to talk to you about that as well. For that, you can go to pyfpodcast.com. That's the letters pyfpodcast.com. And we'd love to chat. We'll see you all next time. Amy, thanks again. Thank you, Chris. If you've listened this far, chances are you're an entrepreneur looking to become more financially literate and create financial freedom for yourself from your business. The Pay Yourself First podcast. 
is definitely here to help with that. My goal is to continue to share what I've learned about using your business as the tool to create financial freedom. But let's face it, it would take me years to share with you everything you need to know via these episodes. Creating financial freedom is something that most people never even consider, let alone make a plan for or take action towards. It's something almost no one was taught anything about. Doing it as an entrepreneur is even more challenging, especially without support. So if you're ready to get clear on what financial freedom looks like for you, come up with an action plan and get the support systems and accountability you need, I invite you to consider the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur. I created the program to help entrepreneurs just like you get a handle on their personal and business finances and start building confidently towards financial freedom. And it's how you can discover ways to take 10 years off your retirement, add an extra five or six figures to your portfolio, and finally get clear on what numbers you should be tracking in your business and why. Together, we'll gain clarity around your financial goals and what being financially free would actually look like for you. Then we'll put together a customized game plan to get you there and the accountability to see you through. And by the way, you're also gonna get all the spreadsheets you need to run your numbers lifetime access to the materials, including any updates, and entry into our members-only community. In addition to all the knowledge, coaching, community, and systems that you need to create financial freedom from your business, you'll also receive a free financial assessment, a retirement planning session, and guided meditation aimed at helping you embody the feeling of true financial freedom. So yeah, you can just listen to the free content on these podcasts to help you move towards becoming a financially free entrepreneur. And sure, you'll likely see some results, or you can make the decision to commit to learning, implementing, and embodying what you need to know to create the financially free life you dreamed of when you started your business journey. Click the link in the show notes to answer a quick questionnaire, and you'll be on your way to joining the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur.